the job my producers have is to, you know, work with me because we're a team and to bring to my attention topics that they think, you know, might be good for us to talk about. Now, one thing my crew will tell you is if I'm not passionate about a topic, if I don't really, you know, believe in the topic, I'm I'm not going to do it because it does a disservice to you and a disservice to me. I'm faking it, if you will, right? But Marky Marcomaldi, my executive producer, um, called me earlier today, left me a, a, a voicemail and said, yeah, I, I think this might be a neat idea. Now, first of all, he started to talk about how Lufthansa Airlines knew that the pilot that allegedly committed suicide, taking that whole plane with him on the German wings flight that went down in the French Alps, that he reportedly had a deep depression. Now, I have mentioned and written from the headlines, I've talked about here on the program, I've definitely discussed on television, that there was a gap of about six months when he was training, where he just kind of disappeared and then he came back. And now we find that he self-admitted that, that he suffered from a deep depression. That doctors felt he had suffered from a deep depression. That he had suicidal tendencies. And yet, he was allowed to move forward with this training, get on a plane, and take not only perhaps his own life, but hundreds of lives into his hands. And he then, as we know, took them, plunging them to their death. Now, when I first heard about this, you know, I, I thought when, you know, Mark started to say it, sorry, Mark, I'm giving full transparency, pulling back the curtain at Oz. More than welcome to. I <clears throat> think it's kind of interesting to see how these things develop, you know, because it's it's what makes that why it makes them interesting is, I think, sometimes what it's all about. Right. And so the first thing that came to mind, because remember, I'm not talking to Mark. He had his uh, do- daughter at a doctor's appointment. And, um, you know, so I was just checking the voicemail. And I thought, why, why does he want to talk about that? That's not new news. I mentioned that like a couple of days ago and ripped. But then he went on to talk about the various aspects of this. We have in the United States of America, because we're not Germany, where Lufthansa and German wings are located. And we have in the United States of America, and can I just say, no offense, they don't advertise with us, one of the worst airlines I've ever flown, Lufthansa, and not because of safety, but just because of rudeness. Uh, That aside, in the United States, we have something called HIPAA. It is a privacy act. You all sign it when you go to the doctor's office. Okay? So technically, when I go to the doctor, my husband can access pretty much anything because he's a doctor. But when my mother goes to the doctor, I ask her to include my name so that my husband and I can talk to her doctors about things. She gives us that permission. Technically, she's giving her doctor that permission. So we have privacy laws in place and that and if doctors violate them they're like ten thousand dollars or more per infraction okay and that's to protect our medical records but it's also to protect our medical information now i'm giving you this information to chew on because when i ask you these questions i want to keep this in mind because remember i told you i said you know to myself when i'm listening to the voicemail well, where does where does mark think we could or should go with this all right So in the United States, we have privacy. Two, psychiatrists and psychologists, therapists, licensed clinical social workers are all required by law 
to report to the authorities if an individual has committed a crime or wants to bring about harm to themselves or others. Okay? So even even though it's supposed to be co- completely confidential, if there's a serial killer on the, at large, and I admit I'm the serial killer, they're supposed to report that is my understanding. And if any of you have been to counseling, I have. When my son died, I went to counseling years ago. And one of the first things they will tell you, and especially in that situation where you're there because you're depressed, is if you understand that I am obligated by law to inform the authorities if you intend to hurt yourself or others. Okay? So I'm just going to give you those two little things, those two little tidbits, those two little morsels. Okay? Now, we get more and more information that comes out out of this, right? For example, police found doctor's notes torn up and thrown in the trash, okay, saying that he was too sick to work. Think about this now. Now, when it comes to mental illness, if a medical professional feels that an individual is not able to return to work, they're too sick mentally to return to work, Should we change the way things are in America so that employers are told or are warned by physicians? Now, I have to say, there are a number of angles within this issue that I'm going to share with you. And I'm uncomfortable with a lot of them, which makes me passionate about this. I'm really big into privacy, but I'm also big into prevention. And being married to a physician and being a small part owner of a medical center, now that we have a bigger center, I used to be co-owner of my husband's practice, but when he joined a larger group, I became 124th, uh, you know, of that ownership. And I, I have to tell you right now, there are so many laws in place, there's so much red tape and so many hoops for physicians to jump through that sometimes it makes it near impossible for them to just be doctors, and for them to just care for their patients. This is a gray area. And this is a fine line. And a fine line that I believe, in my opinion, could become a slippery slope. So let's talk about this. One angle Mark said that we could talk about is whether or not doctors should have to warn a patient's employer about their mental health when it can affect public safety. Okay? Now, there are different kinds of doctors. There are doctors, the medical doctors that you see and that you may share things with. My, my husband is not a psychologist or psychiatrist. He's an orthopedic surgeon, and you would not believe the number of people that share with him very personal and private things, including thoughts of suicide. Should doctors have to warn a patient's employer about their mental health when it affects public safety? And I've got to admit... The first thing I thought is, absolutely not. No way. What about our privacy? What about HIPAA? There are already things in place where if I'm going to hurt myself or another, that, you know, these licensed clinical social workers, these psychologists and these psychiatrists are legally obligated to do that. So why do we need more laws? Right? Why do we need, you know, more? But do we need more protection? Do we just react in a knee-jerk manner and capacity after this happened? 
But see, this isn't the only thing that's happened, folks. Even though you might say we springboard from uh, the German Wings pilot who was in a deep depression. What about employees who were fired and come back and behead people? Or come back and, quote, go postal? And go to see their doctor? And don't appear to be or are not in the medical opinion of that medical professional, of that physician, they do not appear to be medically stable. How far do these warnings go? Current employers? Former employers? Family members? I fear it's a slippery slope. So one question we have for you, and I've got six I'm not going to get to right now, is we know that police found doctor's notes torn up and thrown into the trash that said that Mr. Lubitz was too sick to work. Should doctors have to warn a patient's employer about their mental health when it affects public safety? Now, here's where I say, no, 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 we're sounding no. Do I wish that the doctor said Lubitz was not fit to go back into training and back to work? Absolutely. But here in the United States, do I want doctors to have that broad net and ability to warn a patient's employer about their mental health when it affects public safety? No. Because of HIPAA, because of that privacy, because of the slippery slope, and because of the amount of power that it puts into that one physician's hands. I think it's dangerous. What do you think? Should doctors have to warn a patient's employer about their mental health when it affects or if it could affect public safety? 8886-LESLIE, 8886-537543. Now, when I said that to myself, no. The next thing Mark brought up is, I mean, this is a quandary, right? This is a gray area. How do we successfully balance, folks, our safety and our privacy? Because, see, in the case of that pilot and in the case of any of us, any, how many times have any of us been depressed? Those of you who have got, gotten divorced, especially if you weren't the one who wanted out of the marriage, those of you that have lost a loved one, especially if you've buried a child, buried a spouse, even when we bury our parents. How many of you get really depressed? You've lost a job and you can't get another job. You fear you're going to lose your home. You can't pay your mortgage. We've all been there. Many of us have gone to talk to somebody because we just feel we need somebody to talk to and the insurance covers it. Do you want that information? Do you want that private information? And should that private information be shared with a current, former, or future employer for the safety of the employment environment, for the safety of our society? Or do you feel, no way, I don't want that? How do we successfully balance our safety and our privacy? And I honestly don't have the answer to that. So I'm hoping you'll help me with that because I don't know how we can successfully balance both. I feel that if we have legislation that works on the safety side, it's going to infringe upon our privacy. But if we're solely working on our privacy, well, then safety can be an issue as we have seen with this German Wings pilot who reported that deep depression and who did go back to training and to work. How do we successfully balance our safety and our privacy? Now, it was admitted by Lufthansa, that the co-pilot who crashed the German jetliner had been treated for suicidal tendencies. 
Why wasn't he removed from his position? And should Lufthansa be punished? I don't think that if anybody has had suicidal tendencies, they should be working with guns, syringes, scalpels, planes, trains, and automobiles. You hear me? We now know that the German Wings pilot who went down in the French Alps allegedly committing suicide and taking all those lives with him had been suicidal, had been deeply depressed. That's why he left for months when he was training. Should he have been allowed back in training? Should Lufthansa have put this guy on a plane? And in addition to that... Is Lufthansa responsible? Are they to blame and should they be punished? 8886 Leslie, 8886537543. And should the doctors have told Lufthansa? And in America, should doctors be required to inform employers about someone's mental health if it could affect public safety? Welcome back. Pick up the phone and join me, 8886 Leslie. Uh, we are asking you if Lufthansa should be held responsible. If you feel they're responsible, or if you even feel the doctor's responsible for not informing Lufthansa, or did they inform them enough? I mean, doctor said, okay, to go back to work, right? I mean, he did re-enter the program. But then again, when we find out from notes, this guy, he said, look, I'm okay now, right? And in the United States, because we're not in Germany, should medical providers be required to inform employers if they feel that their employee could pose some type of harm or risk for safety to the general public. Or do you think that's overreach and an invasion of privacy? 8886 Leslie, 8886537543 is the number. Pick up the phone and join me. Let's go to the calls. And we started out with Sarah in Santa Fe, line one. Sarah, good afternoon. Hey, Leslie. Long time, first time. Oh, great. Awesome. You know, Sarah's my favorite name. I kid you not. Well, Mine, too. <laughs> you know, Leslie, um, when my sister was diagnosed with epilepsy, adult-onset epilepsy, her doctor in California was required to inform the Department of Motor Vehicles, and her license was at first revoked, and then it was only given back provisionally. And there are many, many occupations here in this country where you must be fit to um, practice that occupation. Pilots here, if their vision is off, they cannot fly. Um, and if you have epilepsy, you can't drive a bus or a commercial vehicle or anything like that. So the brain is still part of the body, and the body is how it is. And if the, his brain is flawed in that way, then perhaps there was a, there's a, a hole in their system that allowed this to happen. Okay, so that hole in the system, do you think we have that hole here? I'm not talking about the three in the cockpit thing. I'm talking about with regard to mental illness. We see a lot of people slip through the cracks. We see that with guns and gun control, right? Yeah, we obviously do have some cracks in our system when it, when it comes to mental illness and mental health. Should physicians be required to inform an employer or you know, or even uh, law enforcement authorities, or is that overreach, and, and can you see that getting out of control? I certainly can. You know, Leslie, I have to agree with you. I think that it is a very slippery slope because of our per personal privacies that we enjoy here. However, the good of the many outweigh the good of the one. So if someone is unstable, then perhaps, and they are providing a service like driving a bus or flying a plane, then yes. I think they should be, um, the, the doctors should be able to inform the employer. 
But, but follow me here, and I hear you, Sarah, and I think we're pretty much on the same page. Hypothetically, let's say I'm going to go fly a plane, right? And um, I pass the test, but I am all of a sudden very depressed for whatever reason, and I'm having suicidal thoughts and tendencies. If if there are measures in place that allow or require uh, medical professionals to tell my employer. I'm probably not going to go see the doctor. I'm going to suffer in silence. And I don't think that, therefore, that would have changed, A, me be, from being employed and B, me from taking that plane down alone or with other people on it. Well, I, sadly, I think you're right about that. And um, it's a very slippery slope. And it's a tiny, tiny, tiny line. I mean, don't laugh. There, I, I, she's going to kill me. I won't mention. There's a woman I work with. <clears throat> um, there's a woman I work with whose husband won't let her take her kid to a therapist in case he runs for president someday i kid you not because because there are people that will say oh it's on his record it's on his record everything's on you know you know the record and everything because of transparency and full disclosure if in the future you know people do extensive background checks if your you know son's going to be the head of a fortune 500 company and i'm thinking your kid needs help now but that's the the mindset of many people out there right now well, you know, the truth is not everybody gets to be president. But if you're going to be driving a vehicle or driving other people or flying other people, operating heavy machinery where you, you can injure yourself or others, then there needs to be some level of disclosure or awareness, at least awareness, right? And it's a very difficult. It's not something we can settle just in one conversation. Oh, no, de- definitely. So and, and also because... You don't even have to have, you know, mental illness is a huge general, you know, it's a huge umbrella of a term, as is depression and, quite frankly, even suicidal tendencies. There is, oh, my God, he broke up with me. I'm going to kill myself at 16. Uh, then, you know, there there are people that are like, I'm seriously thinking about committing suicide. I have a bottle of sleeping pills. I have a reservation in a hotel, a bottle of wine, and this is the day I plan on doing it. Well, you know, I actually went through something very similar to that Um quite a few years ago, and it was through um, uh, all of this person's um, network of friends and their interaction with him that helped him to realize that there were options. So if you don't know that someone is having a hard time, there's no way to help them. And it's been my experience that oftentimes people don't announce that they're going to commit suicide or take people out. Okay, that's a different mindset. People who are truly, truly depressed, typically, I have found um, the ones who have committed suicide, sadly, um, didn't give a warning. Not at all. You know, it's not funny that you say, not funny, but ironic that you say that. My, my, uh, there was somebody in my family in a long-term relationship going to get married, and, you know, she dumped him. And um, that person's mother was concerned they were going to commit suicide because they were talking about not wanting to live, having nothing to live for. I should just off myself. And I told my husband and I'm like, can you call him? And he said, he's going to be fine. I said, why? And he said, well, they're, they're, they're different personalities. Okay. And he said, yeah. um, and he said, usually, and he said, uh, people with huge egos who are very selfish, don't do it. And he said, but even more so they don't forecast it. They don't announce it. They they withdraw, they turn in, inward. Well, see, and I think that's part of the issue that we're talking about right now is that 
if someone's really serious about it, oftentimes they're not going to tell anyone, not even their most intimate, um, intimate confidant, right? And it'll be a surprise to everyone. And that's been my experience uh, with the people that have taken their own lives, is that they simply, um, they don't tell anyone. They just let you find the, the results, which is hideous and horrible. Um, as far as this fellow is concerned, yeah, he was flying a plane with people on it. And I think the doctor should have um, been required to, to, to notify the transportation, even if it's the Department of Transportation or someone um, who, who could just be aware of that. And then, obviously, it would have to be up to Lufthansa to have a, a, a corporate policy on these types of things. But, you know, just because you're going to a therapist doesn't mean you're mentally ill. Right. Right? No. And just because you – but – if you tell someone like your husband, you know, I think I'm going to kill myself. Your husband's a smart guy. He'll be able to know whether they're serious or not. And and in California, I think any medical professional is capable of reporting that. Yeah, and 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 I think they're yeah. required by law. And what they would what they would say is, you understand, I if you're if if you're seriously considering physically harming yourself, I need to notify the authorities. Are you? You know what I mean? Because sometimes yes. people do say things out of frustration. Sarah, don't be a – now you're a first-timer. You've broken your virginity. Come back for a second date, okay? <laughs> Thanks, Leslie. Great chatting. Uh, Sarah, g- uh, good call. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Let's go to Maria next on line five. Hi, Maria. Good afternoon. Uh, Maria, what, what do you think? Should medical professionals uh, inform our employers if they think that we could harm somebody because maybe we're not stable? Hi, Leslie. Um, well, let me start off by telling you that I am a social worker, and I also suffer from depression. And I've had it all my life, and I didn't realize it until after I had my kids and I had postpartum depression. And um, my mom was actually the one who took me in to get an assessment. But um, I thank God that I got the help that I needed then because I've never been suicidal. However... I know that it could have gotten to that point if I hadn't um, had it treated. I do believe that ideally it would be good if we could have medical professionals who work hand-in-hand with certain um, mental health uh, professionals, and maybe if the medical professional sees that there's a concern, they can tell um, have the mental health professional right there in the office with them, do an assessment, and really find out if there's a risk. And if, if there is, I think it should be disclosed, like Sarah had said, if it's somebody working with the public in a way where their lives are in their hands. Yeah, see, I, I, I'm just worried about the, you know, the fine line. I mean, you know, certainly, you know, employers do have certain access, by the way, obviously, if they pay for your insurance. But if you're paying for your insurance privately, it's one thing. And uh, in addition to that, I do think if that were the case, I understand where you're coming from, but I really believe if that were the case, less and less people would seek help. And, and that could be even a bigger disaster. Um, thank you for the call. And I appreciate it. And, and, and you know what, for also for pointing out, because there's a difference between somebody who's depressed, somebody who's extremely depressed, somebody who's clinically depressed, and there are various forms of clinical depression. I mean, you can be bipolar, you can be manic depressive, you can be a full depressive, and then there are people that are depressed, not clinically, but that cause and effect. You know, somebody dies, they're depressed, 
they probably won't be depressed their entire lives, although they may be uh, changed by that event Leslie, that led to that. Yeah. Can I say something real quickly? Sure. They don't have to, if the employers are notified, they don't have to have everything divulged to them. It could be something simple where they just let them know there's a concern and have that person treated, but let them know that, you know, we have our concerns, but not divulge the whole file to the employer. I understand. But the other thing is that employer may, who is the employer we notify? The owner, the CEO, the board, the boss, the boss then tells their boss, you understand? And all of a sudden the whole building knows this person's private, uh, the private psychological, mental, or emotional issues. They should be um, held to confidentiality just as much as the person divulging the information. I hear you. I hear you. Okay, thank you. I, I guess I'm just, uh, I don't trust much. <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank, thank <laughs> you for the call. Gee, I wonder why. Think about what I do for a living. I, I wonder why. We're going to take a break when we come back. More calls. And we're back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome, welcome back. Now, even before the Lufthansa statement uh, yesterday, questions about Mr. Lubitz's mental health had provoked a debate about whether new measures would be needed to ensure that airlines are aware of pilots' medical history. A representative of that union, the airline union, uh, that pilot union that represents German flight attendants, cautioned that strict rules might backfire by causing some employees to avoid seeking treatment, which is what I said about, you know, people in any respective industry. Um, if uh, those measures were put in place here in the United States for medical professionals to inform uh, current or would-be employers. 8886-LESLIE is the number. Getting your calls. On line three, Michael in the Bronx. Michael, good afternoon. Hi, Leslie. How are you? Good. This is a serious issue. Well, we got to be concerned about the safety of not only those handling these um, equipment, talking about planes, talking about buses, even cars, chauffeurs. The fact of the matter is you're operating a motor vehicle and you have passengers, the safety of passengers, in your hands. So you do have to be top-notch. There are some jobs that even require periodic um, alcohol and drug testing. Again, just to make sure you are up to par. Now, I understand about the um, confidentiality issue, but what happened? Overseas, you know, it goes beyond the mental health issue, too. Because the thing is, my question is, why didn't anybody else have a key, and not just a regular key, but one of those electronic keys that you put in your PIN numbers? The thing is that not just the pilots, but all airline personnel in case of an emergency. I never heard of just the pilot and the co-pilot having access to the cockpit. And what happens if both of them have passed out? Who's going to notify tower control? These are things people should be considering. And, you know, and like I said, the mental health or the um, depression, that's just one aspect. We got to be con- um, considering all sorts of aspects when it comes to public safety and human life. Um, you know what I'm saying? I, no, I do. And one of the things that we I'm very grateful that we have here is that, you know, in the United States, and I think it's a smart thing, is that we have three 
uh, pilots in the cockpit. And that has been since uh, 9-11, so sometimes good things can come from very terrible things. Mm-hmm. Um, th- okay, Michael, uh, good points. Thank you for the call. 8886 let's go to uh, Chris on line five. Chris, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, I, uh, I just had an idea, a thought about securing the cockpit in airplanes here and around the world. Has anybody ever thought of making the cockpit exclusive to pilots where there's no access to the rest of the plane from the cockpit? Uh, they could put a bathroom up in that area. I mean, there's really no reason for the pilot to have to leave the cockpit while he's flying a plane. The rest of the crew can pretty much manage the back of the plane. That's very interesting that they could have an entrance, if you will. Interesting. Right. And if they have an entrance, they have an exit, and uh, they could have uh, parachutes and things like that, you know, in case that, you know, they needed to, you know, jump out if there was no way <laughs> out otherwise. Wow. Right. I That's very interesting. But you know what? Think about it this way, okay? You know, it, we think that we've stopped everything that can happen, but we know after 9-11 with all the, you know, taking off our shoes, our belts, you know, checking, you know, for liquids. I, I said to my husband one day we were flying from L.A. to San Jose, 40-some minute flight, okay? And I had uh, a bottle that, you know, all the ounces that are supposed to be, you know, in and I, what I did was, I had to put something I was using for that weekend in two three-ounce bottles because the bottle I used was smaller and I was using something every day. I don't know, makeup, shampoo, whatever, right? And um, they were glass bottles. I think it was makeup. And, you know, that was okay. And I said to the guy, and I said, what's the difference? I said, this is the same thing. They're in two glass bottles if it's in, you know, one. And he goes, oh, it's just, you know, the rules and regulations. And he goes, you know, there have been people that have tried to, you know, make bombs with liquids or whatever. And I'm thinking, okay, just hear me out, okay? One, I can break that glass and slit your throat, okay? Two, I can take three little bottles in my lovely Ziploc bag, go in the bathroom, and put them into some other container that's empty that's in my luggage that I didn't have to put in the Ziploc because it doesn't have liquid in it. You know what I'm saying? There's just like all, all the, you know, always a way around it. Do we do something every time something happens? This is the first time we are aware of that something like this has happened. What do you think? Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, you know, we, we've got a lot I, I'm of- just saying, you know, when, when, when the, the shoe bomber, you know, every, we got to take our shoes off, Right. Um, you know, they used, you know, liquid explosives, you know, we got to, got to have a certain amount of liquids and they've got to be in Ziploc bags and we got to dump our water. When the underwear bomber came, I thought, oh God, we're screwed. And, you know, every time something happens, it's, you know, I mean, somebody has a bomb and, you know, the baseball hat will be no baseball hats. That's to me, the wrong approach. We got to do something in a preventative manner. Yeah, I think uh, the big deal is that as a passenger, I just want to know that there's as many self-safe uh, self measures in place as, as possible. To keep well, i got to tell you, Chris, uh, we're out of time. Thank you for the call, sweetie. Um, Chris, i got to tell you, that's a, an interesting idea. <laughs> if the pilot could become our enemy. Hey, but by the way, if the pilots just go into the cockpit, it doesn't stop them from taking the plane down, Right. Want to know the coolest thing about St. Pete Clearwater? We'll give you a hint. It's not the beach. It's Central Ave. This is St. Pete at its funkiest, foodiest, and most fun. 
It's where street art meets sidewalk cafes and one-of-a-kind boutiques, where everyone is welcome, even dogs, and where the coolest craft breweries meet the city's hottest nightlife. So think outside the beach, get to know St. Pete's coolest street, and experience centralav.com.